Hello and welcome to IT Tech Talk. I'm your host, Joel Ward, and today is going to be a special episode. Uh, what was supposed to happen uh, uh, last week uh, got interrupted and we had a connection issue, but today we are back and Roger's joining us, and I'm really excited to share this episode with you. So let's just jump into it. Roger, thanks for joining me. Yes. Hello, Joel. It's great to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you. I am so excited we actually get to do this today. Um, Roger, could you, uh, I know last week we did this, but we're going to have to do it again. <laughs> um, could you give my listeners a brief introduction about yourself? It, it, it can be long, it can be short, uh, however however you want to do it. Just just share a little bit about yourself, how you got into your, your space, uh, what motivates you, all that. Absolutely, Joel. Thank you. I've been in the networking space for 30 years. And I've been running high-tech business units now for over 20 years. It's a very exciting area, continues to evolve, as we all know. Um, we've moved into a mobile enterprise. And uh, I've been running enterprise Wi-Fi businesses now for over 15 years. I was at a wireless startup company here outside of Boston, Mass., Colubris Networks. Uh, we were acquired by HP. HP asked me to run their worldwide Wi-Fi business, their mobility business. So I did that for seven years. And Joel, I was working with IT organizations in all verticals, healthcare, manufacturing, warehousing, education, retail. And the IT folks were coming to my team and they had a pain point, right? They were moving to what we call a mobile enterprise, right? If you look at warehousing, you have uh, robots, right? And you have um, inventory management systems, barcode readers. Uh, if you move into healthcare, we're seeing an explosion of telehealth, uh, patient monitoring equipment, dialysis machines. All this is moving into what we call the mobile enterprise. And then even education, one-to-one -one computing across the U.S., Chromebooks, iPads, where all the students are doing e-learning. And so the industry was shifting to cloud computing, shifting to what we call the mobile enterprise, where you're accessing information anytime, anyplace. But it's a Large transformation, Joel, because what we're seeing is it's dynamic. In most cases, it's unlicensed spectrum, right? An explosion of IoT devices. And so it creates a whole new set of challenges for business continuity. And that's where Widebot comes in. That's where we came up with the idea of Wi-Fi automation, right? Network automation, Wi-Fi automation, the ability, right, to have IoT sensors monitoring and analyzing the environment 24 by 7, right? It's something that humans can't do, right? It's very time consuming. And so we built Wibot to deliver this next generation network automation platform to help IT organizations with business continuity and end user experience. Awesome, awesome. No, that I, I find it fascinating because we have, you know, and it's, it's been kind of interesting, and I know you can follow this as well, at being in the IT space. And in, even in the last 15 years, we have seen a shift, uh, a dramatic shift in how things are run in the digital age. Uh, like, you know, you were talking about how we're moving to, like, a digital enterprise. Like, all the stuff that, you know, 30 years ago, advancements have been made 30 years ago, things like flip phones, uh, and stuff have moved to like, you know, and I know people can't see on the screen, but we, we have computers in our hands. 
And, and a lot of this stuff has to be backed with some kind of way to monitor it and to check in and make sure that everything's secure. And um, one of the things that my business does is I go in as an IT professional on the side. I do this on the side. I go in and I check their networks. I make sure their routers are set up. Everything's good. you know. But you <laughs> do a lot more advanced stuff than what I do. You monitor Wi-Fi packets, right? Is that correct? That's correct, Joel. Yeah, let me give a quick update on the architecture just for your audience, right? No, no, so no, go, please, please go ahead. Yeah, we have, no, we have two components. And again, it's having spent, my team spent over a decade out at these customer mm -hmm. sites, like you were mentioning, um, solving these complex intermittent performance issues, right, that were impacting the business continuity. Yep. And so we have two components. We have IoT sensors that I referenced already. They go on the customer prem. And they're there 24 by 7. And by prem, you mean their premises, Hospitals. What's that? By prem, you mean premises, their actual building, correct? Correct, yes. Yes. On yep. premise, yes, correct. And so, like healthcare is a great example where hospitals are working around the clock, 24 mm -hmm. by 7, three shifts. And so having a set of eyes and ears that are monitoring and analyzing that entire ecosystem right is very critical and then what we do is we do edge computing right on the sensor mm -hmm. send metadata metadata to the cloud we have a cloud-based application that our IT organizations leverage to get the automation built in that's where our AI engine is running mm -hmm. analyzing all the information coming up from the sensors and detecting anything that's causing an end-user performance issue Right, it's yep. all about improving end user performance. Whether it's like I said, could be a robot in a manufacturing floor, it could be, you know, a doctor nurse in a healthcare with their tablet, with their, you know, vocera badges, etc. Independent of what the you know end use case is, we're able to monitor that by looking, as you mentioned, Joel, at every single 802.11 wireless packet. We're actually monitoring the physical communication between all the clients, IoT devices the APs, including neighboring environments, which can have a direct impact on your network. We take all that into our AI engine and then come up with, you know, use cases to solve these performance particular problems. So not only do we identify, this is where the automation comes in, the problems that are occurring impacting your users, but we actually have solutions, industry best practice solutions to solving them. That's the complete automation package that the customers get yeah and and yeah. that's you know <laughs> it's one of those things that just blows my mind because just we, we when the couple calls we've had uh the one call we got messed up but the call we had before just to introduce yourself i just was like blown away that, that this stuff exists that some things that i don't even know and when you were telling about all these packets that you install on these systems and on the 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 advanced uh the information you're sending out in the metadata i was like what like this exists and I, you know, it blows my mind that all the stuff I learn um, that I still learn in the IoT, in IoT, in the IT space, in, in learning stuff that information technology is growing and advancing into places that, you know, years ago we wouldn't even seen. Um, so, Roger, off of that, uh, you know, being in that space, you, you have clients, I'm assuming, like you, like you said, in hospitals and doctor's offices and stuff. Uh, now, do you see... Uh, a sh like you you mainly handle do you mainly handle those big clients or do you handle like small uh 
not mom and pops. I would say like medium sized businesses, or do you just handle the, the larger sized, uh, it operation kind of businesses? Yeah, it's an excellent question. Fortunately, uh, we built a very scalable architecture mm -hmm. realizing that, you know, what we're talking about here is, you know, a combination of cloud computing and, and, and mobile connectivity. And that plays into factor, whether you're an SMB customer all the way to, you know, a fortune 150 customer. So we built a very scalable architecture, right? Typically driven by number of sensors based on the size of your organization. Mm -hmm. But a customer can start with as you know, a few as three sensors and scale all the way up to hundreds and or thousands. So our target customer base is everything from the SMB, you know, medium business to Fortune 150 customers. Um, awesome. We don't target the consumer space, just to be very clear. That's yeah. not our focus. But within the enterprise, medium businesses to large enterprises. Okay. Awesome. No, that's that answers my question. So, you know, in that, uh, I want to talk about cloud computing for a second. We've, we've seen a large boost in cloud computing and, and uh, remote networking in the last few months, uh, even last year because of people working from home. Have you seen a big shift in how your company operates due to the pandemic and how people are working from home and stuff? I mean, I mean, a lot of companies, I don't know if, if it's companies you work with, but a lot of companies have sent employees home. Have you seen a shift in how you monitor uh, your packets uh, and, and the IoT sensors um, with people working from home? Yeah, it's um, a couple comments there. One within Wybot ourselves, we're like mm -hmm. most companies, I think, where my employees have um, worked in a hybrid environment, primarily at home, mostly employees, for the past year, mm -hmm. right? Um, for obvious reasons, safety and health, et cetera. What's fascinating about this is it has increased the demand for a Wybot type solution, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're talking about automation. And the reason, Joel, for that is yes, the packet transformation has changed. We're seeing a lot more video collaboration, mm -hmm. like this call, yep. right? So there's a lot more traffic around video over Wi-Fi mobile environments, okay? So that has changed. And yes, the distribution of where clients or end users are located also has changed, where there was a obviously a strong presence in the office for a lot of verticals until the pandemic. And then unfortunately that changed. And now there's a lot of folks that are working at home. Mm -hmm. But what I mentioned was what's driving the need for, for Wi-Bot is IT organizations are not able to get to all the locations all the time now, yep. right? It was already a challenge, as I mentioned, because Wi-Fi and, and mobility is very dynamic, right? Where new software comes into your, your compute device overnight because a new driver comes down and that can have interoperability issues. Mm -hmm. New IoT devices for building automation that are independent from your core network are coming out and you have to support the building automation for green initiatives. Yep. So there's so many factors that are changing. Personal devices are coming in to the equation, right? Smartwatches, mm -hmm. et cetera. So having coverage in remote locations, right? If you're talking healthcare clinics, mm -hmm. right? In warehouses and in, in school districts where you have, you know, broad set of schools, but you don't have IT folks in all the schools. So the need for automation is, has been there. And that's what drove us to start wide body, but it's accelerating. And so, yep. yes, given the dynamic nature of where individuals are working from has increased the need for, you know, we need that set of eyes. We need that automation to help us 
build the scale into the IT organizations to support this next generation technology. Awesome. Now, this is one of the questions I, I wanted to ask you. I don't think I asked you in the first original call we had. Um, now, when you go to install these packets, you do you have like reps, like representatives, like IT representatives, like myself, a kind of like an IT guy that goes on site and installs these packets? Is that is that kind of how that works? And then, and then from there, you just wirelessly monitor. Is that how that works? Yeah, so we focused a lot of energy when we built our architecture. And so our sensors or probes, whatever mm -hmm. term people like to use, are all plug and play. It's okay. incredible. So what we mean by that is, sure, someone physically has to put it on a ceiling, on a wall, to cover the business critical area that they want to monitor, okay? Mm -hmm. But in most cases, that's either our, we do not do that, we YBOT employees, but we have our customers will do it, and or they will work with a partner, right, that okay. typically is involved in their network deployments, their AP deployments, and the partner will be the ones that um, put up the sensors. Awesome. So even like IT, their IT program could do it themselves. It's is it that easy? Is that what we were saying? Is it's really yes. easy to install? Okay. Yeah. Well, we say yeah, we say plug and play, Joel. It's really incredible. We realize having been in the networking space for thirty years, how busy everybody is. Mm -hmm. It's really incredible, right? The the and you know this because you've got a lot of experience there, but the. The amount of work that's on the IT organizations, mm -hmm. because we've moved from a relatively structured, wired infrastructure, where yeah. you know servers were on prem on, on a premise, right, and the wired compute uh, and the printers, everything was localized. Still mm -hmm. challenges, obviously, but now we've you know it's borderless, yeah. right? You have employees working at home, you have them working in. Starbucks, right, on the go in hotels, and the cloud is now hosting a lot of the applications and services. So it's really moved to like a borderless environment. And the reason why I bring that up is that's what creates these challenges, right? Mm -hmm. And so having a platform and a solution and having a solution that can be plug and play, we realize that. And so our sensors literally, you just connect them into the network, right? They auto discover. And as long as they have internet connectivity, they're up and running within approximately 10 minutes. Now, for those listening who are IT, who 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 know who have known this show, who know me, um, is the sensors kind of like ubiquity plug-and-play systems? Where like, you know what ubiquity is? There's there's systems where you put in like the Wi-Fi cones that go in the ceiling, kind of like in hospitals. You see them like is it kind of like that? You plug in your network and you're good to go. That was that we were talking about. Yeah, it's just good to go. It's similar to that concept. Yes, you okay. just plug them in, they're good to go. Absolutely. Well, and I, I can testify to the remote system because I actually had servers actually in that corner right there in where that closet door is. There was actually a stir, server stack I had from a bunch of Dell um, oh, PowerEdge servers running in there and uh, one actually custom-made server. And I used to use my websites off of that, all of that. And um, one of the problems was what the, well for one i live in a townhouse development and it sucked up a lot of power um two i realized i could actually get servers off site cheaper and run my systems off on a on a network based server that i can remote access into from somewhere else and and one of the issues i've been figuring out is is like it's so easy to do that these days but you know before like you said a lot of stuff had to be on premises where you had to have stuff on site and now now it's so easy to find places that will actually 
remote access in or you can remote access into i have not personally and i'm sure you actually have which is i i envy you on this i have been to um a data farm and have seen what kind of stuff the day i'm sure since you work for hp i'm sure you saw data farms but uh one of the things i would really like to do one day is actually go visit a data uh, a server farm but that's you know i have i'm still working towards that but one of the things i would really like to connect with is that but I'm sure you saw like all the stuff, these data farms, I actually got to the chance, uh, someone sent me a video um, from an article that didn't go live immediately for a while, but it was a video of Google's uh, data centers and, and just the mass, the sheer mass of these data centers. And I know this is kind of off topic, but the sheer mass of these data centers and what they collect, and you want to talk about sensors, that whole place is full of sensors and, and, and security and, and mobile enterprise, like just to keep that place connected to the world. And, and you think about that, that's just one of like hundreds of server farms they've got and, and hundreds of um, probes probably in the building monitoring one of the one of many servers because you think about there's like not just 10 servers and there's probably like a million servers in that place and each one has to be monitored by a by a um network probe to make sure they go down they can immediately go back get those up and running because it, it, that costs time and money um so yeah i i find it phenomenal and and overwhelming that you know we've moved to off-site stuff in, in and even with COVID, I have seen a lot of with my clients, a lot of people who were working at, like at their offices and stuff, and I was doing it. Now I'm going to their homes, hooking up their Wi-Fi, making sure everything's so their webcam works and stuff, making sure it runs so they can work from home. And a lot of the people are in, in are older people, and they, and they're like, I never had to do this in the years I've been in the industry, never had to work from home, and it's like it's new to them. So is the and so. And I, I know you can attest this. So is the technology coming with it. We've got new higher powered webcams. We've got new networks. Um, we've got 5G on the way, um, which it's here, but it's not 100% here yet. Um, we've got people who are teleconferencing with people halfway around the world. So we are in a very uh, adaptive state at this point to adapt new technologies, to adapt new networking protocols and you know with your plug and play system and and i'm not I'm, I'm not trying to make dumb make people feel dumb but a lot of people need a plug and play system in in today's times because a lot of people don't have the time to be sitting there messing around and plugging stuff in and getting stuff working with your system i i honestly think that's the best thing plug it in have it work right away and you're good to go and your and your network is protected your network is running and you can monitor that i think that's great i think what you've come up with and 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 worked on i think is a very beneficial thing to the industry no thanks joel and you know if you look at what we're providing as i mentioned the autonomic wi-fi that's the term we use mm -hmm. but it's the automation component of it where is all you have to do is talk to it organizations and they'll give you the stories right where they work for a week two weeks a month straight on solving a performance issue on the network because it's intermittent yep. it's very challenging right and so that's where our ai engine comes in but we also have added to it joel where we have end user metrics Right, so the sensor probe is able to act as a client on-prem and give you valuable end-user quality metrics on what the user experience is in that location over both wired and Wi-Fi, right? So now, not only do you have the autonomic piece of it telling you 
what's causing performance issues and how to solve it. Mm -hmm. But you also have incredibly valuable end user metrics to show you what the user experience is in those locations. All this remote, all automated, where you can just connect in. And in fact, what we do, as you probably mentioned you know, in our previous call, but for those customers that have any interest in this type of technology, we offer free trials, mm -hmm. right? Where they can, because we want to demonstrate not only the plug and play nature of it, how efficient that is, but also the power of the system. Because mm -hmm. we're creating this new concept around network automation, you have a lot of experience, yep. and even you said, wow, what you're doing, you know, I didn't realize was possible. So we just send out free trials, right, to customers, no obligation, they run it for a couple of weeks, test it out, and see it in their environment, and uh, just come to our website, www.ybot.com, and you'd get that um, free trial. Awesome. Uh, so I, I want to shift back to something you said about your time at HP. So you worked at HP, and I, I want to just dive in a little bit. So you, you, your company that you worked for previously got bought out by HP. I would like to ask a couple questions off of that. How was your experience working with HP and, and, and the company, and, and do you think that pushed, that made you who the person you are now to run Ybot? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So I had a great experience there. Uh, Joel, I can summarize it, uh, you know, right at the beginning, I had, um, you know, at Kluberus Networks, a startup, we had innovation, we had an innovative solution, which HP saw and, and acquired, and I had a high-powered team, mm -hmm. right, the, the team that was building it, that's often the case in a startup, and then HP had excellent brand and channel, right, global company, mm -hmm. real powerful, right? If you look at their channel model, it's incredible. And so we were able to marry those two together, yep. right? This innovative solution, high-powered team, feeding a channel, um, excellent leadership at HP. And, and so we scaled the business from number six market share to number three market share. Mm -hmm. And then we acquired Aruba Networks, right? So we kept going. We wanted to get even stronger. And uh, so we put a proposal together and we drove that and we closed the acquisition of Aruba, mm -hmm. number two in the market share at the time, and that has been a tremendous asset for HP. So to answer your question about, you know, has it made me who I am, mm -hmm. it clearly has helped me in my journey, right, in terms of seeing the channel play and seeing what the customers across the globe are asking for, the transformation to the cloud, to the mobile enterprise, which then said, you know what, there's a problem to be solved you know, it's time to go solve it. So it was a, you know, a valuable component. And to be candid with you, it was a great company. Yeah. Um, there's folks that I worked for over there from Meg Whitman all the way down, um, Dominic Orr, who was uh, my boss at the time, excellent leaders, and uh, allowed us to become number two in the market in uh, Wi-Fi. That's awesome. No, that's that's good. And, and that's kind of what you want. You don't want to, like, leave on bad terms because you want the company you work for to, like, help produce you as a good company. Um, one of the things that I think is awesome and, and what you've done, and I actually have looked up a little bit, is your interface. And I, I want to touch on that for a few seconds. Your interface, you, you built a, a solid interface as far as for your technology. And I was I, I only got to see brief things. And maybe – Maybe here soon after this call, maybe we can connect even more and I can get to see your interface better or we can go on a call and you can show me it. But um, I, I think from what I can see, the pictures and, and your website and the, what's on the website is a solid interface. There's a lot of problems where uh, in the IT industry where we're using software that have bad interfaces. 
and and with the interfaces they need to be a solid interface for you to make sure your monitoring and stuff is is a hundred percent where you can have everything right there and and from what i gather your interface from what i can see is a solid interface it's got everything there and, and from the conversation we had now and on the first call it, it seems like you made it and patented it how you wanted it to so that way the client and end user experience is a hundred percent I don't know how to say this. 100% like I can't think of what I'm trying to say. Um, it's it just it, it's good. It's good for the client. And and I would love the chance to like not trial run it, but just have a chance for you to show me the interface at like full on. Um, because I th I think that'd be really cool. And maybe it might be something I might be able to offer my father and his business. Um, if I can get him interested. But no, I think you built a solid a solid program. A solid interface, I should say, and you. Yeah. I would like to touch so on that. So, Joel, you, we. Yeah. Yeah, we, and we do um, not only the trials I mentioned, but demos, of course. So mm -hmm. we can demo it to you, obviously, as well as any of your um, clients. Mm -hmm. uh, we can set up and show a demo. We spent two years. I'm glad you brought that up. We spent yeah. two years um, designing and tuning that interface with a lot of customer feedback. Mm -hmm. So one thing that we take very seriously at YBOT is impact from the customers, input, impact, you know, what they're seeing on a daily basis. In fact, you know, right in our dashboard that you mentioned, we have a wish list in there where we're getting customer feedback constantly, right? So we spent that time realizing what you and I already talked about, how dynamic the network is these days, how busy IT, we, I mean, I just keep saying that, but they are so, most of them overloaded. And so having a dashboard, like you said, we can get the information in one place, mm -hmm. one place to see exactly the visibility, the actions that are required, the automation. And uh, so the dashboard, we get very high scores across all verticals um, when they see the user interface. Yeah. And, and no, I, I've, I've seen interfaces a lot in my life. I've, I use a lot of different things. Uh, actually, uh, I have a, an interface on my screen right now that's, that is uh, for podcasters to connect with people, other podcasters and other people around the world to get guests on their show. And, and when I talk about interfaces, the IO interfaces, me being a web developer, I can appreciate because when I develop a website, I'm doing the back end, the front end, all that. And when I design something, I want the interface of that website to be clean, to be to be uh, interactive, something that the client will like. And when I see something where I go on and I'm using it, and their message boards and everything is solid, and, and their and their uh, their icons and their how it's laid out, it, everything looks good. That makes me want to use that product. So you saying you worked two years on this, that makes it, you know, as me as an I, IT person thinking this, you actually care about the interface. You actually care about the product you're selling. You put time into it. And, and, and that's why I can appreciate about someone like you is like you put time into what you're selling and what you're doing with your business. A lot of people, they sell this product and I've seen so many, and I don't know if you know what Kickstarter is, but a lot of people put these products on Kickstarter and these ideas, but they don't put a lot of thought into it. They throw this thing online. They're like, we can just, we can make a quick buck. We'll, we'll then we'll throw it out in the market once we really get some funding. And, um, some, one I've realized is people don't put a lot of thought into how it looks, how it, how it interacts with the client. Uh, and, and you know, if you don't do that, like you spent two years on it, some people spend like five months and say, okay, it's good. 
No, you need, I think, the lot of time for some projects, especially what you do, two years is perfect, especially if you can nail it down. And you're still improving, and that's what I like. You're still improving yes. that product. So hats off to you on that because feedback from customers, and, and like I tell people all the time, and, and um, I don't know you that well, but I'm sure from, what I, from the talks we've had, I tell people when you choose the client and their happiness over money, you will see a much more substantial growth in your business and in your life. And I consider that as one of my key points um, as far as business goes. And I think you have done that real well. You've, you've handled the feedback. You've handled the, the customer relations. And I think that's helping you grow your business. Um, so enough. we're getting ready to come up on time. So the final questions. Um, I'd like to ask you a few things. I know you're not really an entrepreneur at this point. You've really kind of gone past that. You're doing really well for yourself. Could you at least give at least three or five tips on how to improve yourself in the entrepreneurial space? What would you say um, would benefit someone who's just starting in the space, even in IT, or if you wanted to give IT-related um, advice, what would, you help, what would you give someone who's getting in the IT space or entrepreneurship space? Yeah, let me start with the IT space, um, and then I can talk about entrepreneur, right? Okay. So from an IT perspective, we have to, you know, if we step back for a minute, these networks, mm -hmm. right, wired, wireless, cloud computing, all the, you know, folks that tie that together, it's going to continue to evolve at a very fast pace. So the first piece of advice I would give to IT organizations is we, we have to continually prepare for the explosion of technology in the dynamic nature with what we're working with, right? And that's going to require next generation solutions like Wybot where you have automation to help, right? And that plays into companies that do security as well. There's a lot of security threats and attacks going on. So it's a very, you know, it's, it's a market that's continuing to change and it's going to change rapidly. Mm -hmm. And so just staffing it like we used to with individuals is not going to scale, nope. right? So we have to keep track of that rapid growth and that rapid scale. That's on the IT organization. Uh, in terms of entrepreneur, one, you know, probably stating a little bit of the obvious, but you have to be bold. Um, we jumped into this space with a whole new idea, um, challenging, and along the journey, of course, when we are developing it, you hit certain points where there's roadblocks, right? And you have to get everybody together and figure out how you're going to get through it. And that makes sense anytime you're pushing the envelope. Yep. So, you know, my advice to folks is be bold and expect expect challenges. You know, it's not going to go as planned. There's going to be some hiccups and challenges. But what makes it so rewarding is when the team navigates through those and solves those problems and delivers incredible value to the industry. Right. We can sit back and as we're helping customers scale and, and automate and see how we're helping healthcare and warehouses be more productive and efficient, it gives you a good feeling so you can keep going through the challenge of the next challenge that comes up. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we've hit our time, and actually that's great because uh, you wrapped up perfectly right on time. Um, so, Roger, thanks again so much for joining me. I've had a pleasure. I actually hope we can connect here and keep connecting in the future, maybe even um, – 
passing on my uh, uh, your information to my clients or businesses I interact with, uh, and and maybe even getting a, a combination of work between us. Uh, but Roger, thank you so much for joining us. To everyone who's been listening, uh, thank you so much, and please stay tuned the next couple of weeks. I actually have an announcement. My wife will be being induced here soon, so there won't be a lot of episodes the next week after this airs. There, there's another. We have another week, so there won't be any episodes airing. So if you're hearing next week and you're expecting episodes, there will be none. Uh, there might be one I haven't backlogged that I might throw in, but not really. So if you're if you're actually uh, excited to hear episodes next week, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I will be away. Um, but the week after, I will be back with uh, with uh, new guests and stuff. So stay tuned. Roger, again, thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you in the future. Thanks, everyone. Have a great Joel, day. Joel, thank you very much. Yeah, it was a true pleasure to be a part of this uh, show. No, no problem. You're welcome. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. You all have a great day.